0: The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net.
1: Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton, here's Chris Yao.
0: Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, Chris Yao, Mo Patton, Andrew Moore in the house, Coach Mike, coming to you from the Lee Company studio here in beautiful Columbia, Tennessee, the dimple of the universe, my friends. And we are excited about this particular segment as I, I'm curious on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. We have Nashville Sounds play-by-play announcer Jeff him, And I'm curious if he is coming to us live from Toledo or are you calling games in Nashville?
2: I can tell you the answer the to answer this question. Awesome. He is live in Toledo. That's awesome. That is Jeff, good morning.
3: Guys, good morning. Thanks for having me on. And, it, yeah, it is uh, a wonderful thing to have games to call, and it is even sweeter to be calling them uh, from the road in person for even a further sense of normalcy that uh, has been starved for for a while. <laughs> so it's good to be with you.
2: So, Jeff, I'll ask you, like, I'll, I'll take you back to school. with your, your first week of school, when you went back to school, you had to write that what did you do on your summer vacation? What <laughs> did you do last year when you should have been calling 142 baseball games?
3: Well, I, uh, I'm i fortunate enough to be a, a full time member of our front office staff. So uh, there were some other things. Now, hold, that stop, I stop, stop. Help stop
2: stop a minute. Ahead. When you said fortunate enough, was that in air quotes?
3: No, not okay. at all. It it, it, uh, it kept the paychecks coming last year. Uh, there, okay, you know, fortunate I mean, enough. <laughs> yeah, no, they, I, I meant it quite literally and, and passionately uh, because I mean, you guys probably sense this from the sporting world. You get all kinds of examples of how of how broadcasters, especially around minor league baseball, uh, are employed by their teams. Some are seasonal, uh, and they're on their own to find work in the off season. Or some are full time year round, like I am, where there might be, uh, you know, uh, marketing involvement or sales involvement or media relations or this or that. It's a little bit of a mix uh, around the AAA level, but I, I am a year round Sounds employee and I'm part of our partnerships and marketing team. So, um, and that turned out to be a, a wonderful thing for many reasons when there were no games to call in 2020. But, you know, like I've been telling people, it, it was, it was certainly a, an awful year. And uh, but we, we along the way kept thinking we had targets to try to hit. I mean, when things shut down in early March, uh, we initially got word that our season would be delayed, but you know, nobody knew how this thing was going to turn out. So there was really no, there was no timetable to it. At first we thought, okay, maybe, maybe two, three weeks, we've got to get this, uh, pandemic under control. Well, we know how that unfolded. And then later on it was like, well, maybe we can, maybe we can start in June and then major league baseball spring training 2.0 got cranked up in uh, mid June and into early July. And so we thought, okay, you know, if we can, if we can get the clearances, maybe we could still salvage 60, 75 games of this thing. And then that didn't happen. Ultimately the season was canceled in July and then we thought we had uh, we had it really to the finish line. Just couldn't quite get the final clearances locally to have what we called the alternate season, where all these unsigned professional players who were looking for innings and at bats and and looking to salvage something after the minor league season was canceled, we were we the sounds were essentially going to become an independent team, sign some players. Uh, have them play exhibition games against themselves. Some of them were going to be local. At one point, even guys like Ben Zobrist were interested and R.A. Dickey was helping facilitate some connections, and uh, we thought we had it in place, and then that uh, was not able to be pulled off. So to answer your question, what did we do as a Sounds front office? We kept thinking that there was something that we would be able to do. And, you know, minor league baseball teams are not in the business of being told no very often. Usually if there's, if there's some wacky promotion, you find a way to, <laughs> to pull it off. So being told no throughout 2020 was was not a lot of fun. Um, but but I'm, I'm thankful that throughout that year, uh, a good chunk of our front office stayed intact. Uh, our, our principal owner, Frank Ward, took tremendous care of our staff. Uh, considering how a lot of other minor league teams handled the situation. So um, it, it, it was a, it was a, uh, an empty year from literally calling baseball games, which was a, a really weird thing to go through and something I hope never happens again. But there were different things that we were doing as a staff to try to uh, replace what turned out to be that lost season.
2: We're on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Jeff Hem play-by-play broadcaster for the Nashville Sounds who is joining us from Toledo where the Nashville Sounds have opened (laughs) the AAA baseball season. And it feels really weird not saying the Pacific Coast League season, Jeff.
3: (laughs) Yep.
2: Almost as weird as it felt saying the Pacific Coast League season for the Nashville Sounds.
3: Yeah. Yeah. There, there are so many uh, changes in the minor league world now, some of them COVID-driven, some of them not. And from the last time the sounds were on the field of September of 2019, we were a Texas Rangers affiliate playing in the Pacific Coast League. And to your point, we are now a Milwaukee Brewers affiliate again, at a 10-year run with them, as you know, from 05 through 14 Uh, So we're back with the Brewers, and we are in a realigned, reconfigured, uh, much more geographically sensible league uh, that they've called the AAA East, where other than the Memphis Redbirds, we're playing brand new opponents, or at least opponents the Sounds haven't played for a couple of decades, going back to the old American Association days, like Toledo. They did play in the late 80s, early 90s, but... Uh, not many people know that. I certainly didn't know a lot of that history until we got our our new setup. So, uh, but but a lot of that part, you know, makes makes a lot of sense because you mentioned it. I would always tell, you know, like family back home. They say, what, "What league are the Sounds in?" Well, it's called the Pacific Coast League, and they kind of look at you like, uh, <laughs> did I, you know, Nashville not exactly a coast team, but. Uh, you know, they, there used to be three AAA leagues. They they absolved them into two. They kept the name, and that's how that evolved. But it did sound a little odd. So this part of it, I think, makes a lot of sense. I mean, there was a strong feeling from uh, from people in the Sounds world and the Memphis Redbirds world that for years were sort of like, well, why don't they just take us too and put us over in the International League? Well, they've sort of done that. Omaha and Iowa also sort have of come along from the old PCL to this new league. We don't play them this year, but I would imagine we probably would play them this year Uh, for COVID purposes. It's a much more uh, centralized uh, minimal travel was the goal for this year. So um, we're, we're, we're not even playing once, once we lost April and we're starting in early May like this, we were going to play Durham and Norfolk. They are, they are in our division, but because we lost April, we don't play them at all this year. So the schedule from that standpoint is a little odd because it's not, it's not totally balanced, but we're playing Gwinnett. We're playing Louisville. We're playing Memphis. We'll play Jacksonville, which is now a triple a team. So that part of it is kind of a whole new world, but I'm excited about that part. And I think that part of it makes a lot of sense. And as I've told people, if you polled middle Tennessee and said, okay, what major league teams do you, do you middle Tennessee baseball fans predominantly follow you're probably mostly going to get Braves. Then you'll get Cardinals. You'll get Reds, and then maybe uh, some others from uh, you know a mix of other teams. Well, we're, we're excited that now we're going to play the Gwinnett team, the Braves AAA team. We're going to play so the Reds AAA team. Yeah, and and we're gonna we're gonna continue to play Memphis. And so, from a fan standpoint, you know we've got those kind of fans coming in with more opportunity to see the major league teams affiliate that they might care. A little bit more about so that new that new alignment. I think it was so, some of it COVID-driven, but a lot of that was in the works from MLB even before the pandemic hit. Uh, we knew in the minor league world that they had a lot of different things uh, from a major league baseball standpoint that they wanted to take a little bit more control of and and reconfigure a little bit more uh, sensibly. And, and that's one change. Our new league and our new alignment. I think that's one that is, is very sensibly changed.
0: I, I for one, am excited that we, we, the sounds, uh, I'm a sounds fan. <laughs> I have plenty of sounds gear and, and, and go to enough games to, I guess, call myself that Yeah, but Jeff, you you're know, in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got a t-shirt that wasn't free, yeah, you're probably in no, the mix. That's,
3: <laughs> what, that's what's great about being a fan. You get to use the word we and you feel part of it. That's great. That's no, good.
0: And I am so excited about the 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 new opponents because I never felt like there was any kind of I guess rivalry out, you know, yep. the Round Rock doesn't really excite me. Oklahoma City even though I hate the Dodgers. Not wasn't it didn't excite me, but now I feel like yeah. with some some geographical ties that this is going to be a positive for not only you know, minor league baseball, but like you said, fans of other teams want to see their, their, their farm system come through here. And I think that's going to help attendance at Nashville sounds games. And as, as we all know, minor league sports attendance is pretty key.
3: (laughs) No doubt. That's, that's the bottom, I mean, that's the bottom line and we, the sounds want to create any opportunity for any fan to feel a reason to want to come to the ballpark. If you want to hang out in the bandbox and not watch the game, that's fine. If you are a diehard fan and you want to sit in the first row and not miss a pitch, we've got you. If you're somewhere in between, we've got multiple reasons of why you can come to a ball game. And to your point, these new opponents just add a whole other element of that where uh, if you're a Braves fan and we're going to play Gwinnett or whatever it is this year, 12, 16 times at First Horizon Park, there you go. All the more reason. And if you're a Braves fan, that means you're already a baseball fan. So maybe you were already coming to plenty of Sounds games or at least some, but now you've got reason to come to several more. And I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think other than the whole Nashville-Memphis rivalry that's not just Sounds and Redbirds, that's its own kind of uh, ecosystem. And, and uh, the Sounds-Redbirds rivalry is, is a thing and has been for a long time. That'll continue. But outside of that, the Sounds never really had Another another rival uh, in that way, uh, and now geographically, I think those typically lead to the best rivalries—the geographic ones: uh, Ohio State, Michigan, Carolina, Duke. You go on and on: Red Sox, Yankees. Like I think the geographics lend well to rivalries, and whether it becomes Louisville or Gwinnett or uh, one of the others, I think we've got more opportunity for that, and I, I think that, that can only be a good thing for everybody.
0: Well, you, t- you said one thing in there that I think is very important for folks to know. If you want to sit in the front row and enjoy the game, you can do that. The sounds, when they do come home, will have, is it 100% capacity? Because at one time it was near 100%.
3: Is it still yeah.
0: the first couple yeah, of so- rows are going to be off limits or what's up?
3: Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up because we're we're trying to get the word out about this. We do start next Tuesday night. It's uh, the 11th of May for that. For those first three games, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we're going to be at 40 percent uh, capacity, or right right around 40 percent capacity. Um, and then beginning on Friday, May the 14th, that's the date that, that Metro Nashville kind of recently came out with, where, where our type of events, among others, uh, essentially have no capacity restrictions put on them anymore. And so beginning on May the 14th, uh, next Friday night, we will be at near 100% capacity. And the reason it's the word near is in there is that we're keeping a few sections for socially distanced uh, ticketing availability, pod-style seating for those who who want that. So other so we're essentially like 98-99% capacity because we'll have a couple of those types of sections but otherwise, uh, it'll it'll be fully open the way you know the way we're we're used to seeing it. Uh, Major League Baseball. I know this is a hot topic for people on social media. I'm not going there in this way, but I'm <laughs> just bringing it up so fans are prepared. Major League Baseball uh, is still implementing a mask requirement upon entry, so we want our fans to know that even though it's an outdoor venue, they are required for us being an MLB development league club. They are required to, to wear a mask upon entry. Uh, and if they're moving about the concourse, there'll be signage up uh, reminding fans to keep the mask on. But if they're in their seat and they're hanging out and they're, they're being a good citizen and they're eating and drinking, the mask can come down and, and they're not going to have somebody hounding them every second to put it back up as long as they're being a, a good human being to those around them. And that's all, all we're really asking. So the mask policy is an MLB thing, um, not a Metro Nashville thing, but we will be at near 100% capacity starting one week from tonight on, on the 14th.
2: Visiting on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Nashville Sounds play-by-play man Jeff Hamm. Jeff, um, 0-2 to start the season with a couple of losses at Toledo. You got the night off last night, so um, I don't know if you're familiar or not, but I've got people in Toledo. Pizza Popolis. If you get okay. a chance, check it out.
3: Okay, uh, I'm I mean, and,
2: and I, I, probably should have hit you with this when you had it off night. <laughs> but regardless, um, you still get, you guys still have three games left to um. No, you got four because you got a doubleheader tonight, right?
3: Yeah, we'll have four. Yeah, the, and that's the other kind of new thing in this, uh, and that's more COVID-driven. We've got six-game series all Mondays are off days this season, and everything is a a six game series to to minimize the commercial flights and the bus rides and all that. So I don't know if that'll stick in 2022. It certainly could, but at least for this year, everything is a six game series. So I'm close to establishing full residency (laughs) here in Toledo uh, and will be by Sunday. So maybe I'll have a chance to get to that pizza joint. (laughs) I I
2: was fascinated when I saw the um, Nashville sounds opening day roster to see and and chris was as well when i showed him d strange gordon yes one he's changed his name but two d gordon who has logged a lot of major league time yep. is with you guys um what um early on what do you feel like his impact has been what will it be how do the brewer see him etc cetera, etc cetera.
3: Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a great question, and it really is a good example of what the Brewers have tried to do in the last few weeks because they've been they've been ravaged by injuries. At one point, I think they had as many as sixteen guys on the injured list, leading Major League Baseball. They're still trying to get Christian Yelich fully healthy. They they did get former Sound Lorenzo Kane back recently, um, but but early in the year they traded their longtime shortstop Orlando Arcia to Atlanta. And for we're a couple happy of to have yards. him. Yeah, I'm sure you are. Uh, And they sent back a couple of hard throwing relievers, both of whom I think at one point or another, somewhat fairly soon, we might see in a sounds uniform. uh, Chad Sabatka and Patrick Weigel are the names of the kids they got back. But Mm -hmm. they traded Arcia uh, because they felt like Luis Urias, rightfully so, is their shortstop of the future. Um, But it did thin them out then with a couple of other injuries that happened. On the middle infield, uh, after that trade, it thinned them out a little bit. So they went out and they signed D. Strange Gordon, and they also signed another longtime big leaguer, a Nashville resident these days, Logan Forsythe, uh, who is with us and had not been in, in uh, regular spring training or at an alt site with anybody. So he's still kind of working his way back into game ready shape. He's with us, but hasn't played yet. But Strange Gordon, to your question, has played in the first couple of games and he's batting lead off and he's in there at shortstop and you can see the speed is there, even though he's getting along in his career a little bit more, but this is a guy that not that long ago was a batting champion, was a two-time all-star was stealing 60 bags a year. So he's a, he's a great sign. I think for the brewers, you know, minor league free agent, it was not an expensive deal probably for them uh, to have a really solid insurance policy down at AAA at at the middle infield and to answer the question because i'm getting it too people are like is that is that the same d gordon it is he <laughs> last september when he was with the mariners informed seattle that he wanted to go back to using his given name which is strange uh, hyphen gordon it's to honor his late mother his mother i, I read an article about it recently his mother was tragically uh, shot and killed by her boyfriend when Dee was seven years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, her name was um, Devana. uh, I want to make sure I get her. Let's see. D's given name is Devaris Strange Gordon. And I believe her name was Devana. Strange, And so he wanted to work the strange part back into his name uh, to, to honor his mother. He's also done some charitable work over the years to help kids who've been who are in families who've had uh, domestic abuse uh, killings in their families. So he's really trying to bring some awareness and some help and some resources to, to that cause. And so that that led to the name change uh Going back, I, I guess his name of Devereux Strange Gordon. He was going by that as an amateur early in pro ball. There was a PA announcer who who butchered the name, and it led him to say, "You know what? I'm just going to be D Gordon." And he he kept that for a long time, and now has decided to go back to to honor his mother by, by going back to a, a fuller version of his given name.
2: D Gordon's father, of course, former major yeah, league Flash. reliever Flash Tom Flash Gordon. Yeah, and you and I, Jeff, are of an age where we remember flash i had him on some of our early fantasy baseball teams but uh yeah d um the active major league leader in stolen bases i think is what i yeah. saw in your notes with 333 yep. so hopefully he'll get to add to that total here at some point but um the nashville sounds will be finishing up a six game series in toledo this weekend with a double header today starting at five o'clock a 4 o'clock single game on Saturday and a 105 game on Sunday. Jeff, where can people hear those?
3: We are on ESPN 949 and the Game Nashville app, also the MILB First Pitch app. Uh, links on our website as well, so a couple of different ways people can get it. I appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to shout that out. And uh, with our ballpark opening up, uh, even. To near capacity one week from tonight. We want to remind people that NashvilleSounds.com has their ticket opportunities. We are going all mobile, all digital with tickets, just like other, our other friends around town have done, knowing the more uh, tangible tickets to pick up at the Will Call envelope, so there are instructions and easy ways online to learn how to get your digital tickets. It's a very simple process, so hopefully people are aware of that, and the, the more they know before they go next Tuesday or next Friday or anywhere in that first homestand, the the more seamlessly they'll enjoy our great experience again.
2: You can follow Jeff Hem on Twitter at?
3: It is Jeff Hamm, P-B-P, as in play-by-play.
2: One word. Jeff. Yes, all one, Yep, you got it. Jeff, H-E-M-P-B-P.
3: You got it. Uh, yeah.
2: Um, Jeff Hamm, the play-by-play announcer for the Nashville Sounds, joining us here on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. Jeff, thank you so much for taking some time out of your pregame prep. And um, hopefully we can catch up with you next Friday around this same
3: time. Sounds great, guys! Thanks for the invite. Appreciate it. Thank you. See
1: you.
0: There you go, Jeff. Him, play by play man. Nashville sounds, sounds
1: sounds good to me.
0: Like a home run. <laughs> we are excited uh, to get to the next segment because there were some positive things that happened yesterday in the Atlanta Braves world and. We can't believe it. We'll talk to you about it on the other side of the break on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond and Joint. Stick around. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there. And they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com.
1: about it's southern middle tennessee sports today once again with mo here's chris
0: welcome back into southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid tennessee bone and joint bottom of the hour here on this friday edition we are 30 minutes out from the weekend ladies and gentlemen the weekend
2: <laughs> only one e. It's one of my favorite. O- only one e in weekend. Yeah. There.
0: Th- that's one of my favorite memes and, and gifs, though. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Um, for the first time since 2014, the Atlanta Braves have swept the Washington Nationals for the first time since when? 2014. <laughs> that's correct. Wow. Uh, and they did it at at Nationals Park. Nationals. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I did not realize that was a thing until we were talking about it about a month or so ago. And I went back and I found the pictures of those jerseys. Natinals. Hey, Andrew,
0: are you a baseball fan? I, I was a baseball fan growing up. Um, Braves. It's, Braves said past
2: tense. Well. He doesn't well, have time life, to life, listen to it. Life to busy.
0: With... There's a lot of games. <laughs> you know. Well, So that's the thing is there's a lot of games. So when life is busy – you don't you don't have to necessarily I, I did
2: watch get to a them. point
0: last year where I missed live sports so much I did turn some Braves I,
2: <laughs> I bet you did. But <laughs> everybody I did. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um
0: I I think it's important to note that the Atlanta Braves uh went from twelve and twelve to twelve and sixteen and are now back to near five
2: hundred. Yeah. I I guess I guess they're gonna be streaky. <laughs> That's what Coach Mike said, yeah. "Well, I guess Coach Mike was right because they, like you said, they battled back to twelve and twelve. They dropped that four straight, and now they are taking a three-game win streak thanks to the Nationals into um, their Truist Park return tonight against the Philadelphia Phillies, the seventeen and fifteen Philadelphia Phillies. Six twenty first pitch. Charlie Morton matches up with Zach." Eflin, Elfin? Eflin. I don't remember. I think it's Eflin. I think it is Eflin. Morton's two and one with a five zero eight ERA. Eflin comes in at one and one with a three four nine. Pre-game can be heard beginning at five zero five on our sister station one hundred three point seven WKRM FM. And as we said, the Braves have gotten back to fifteen and sixteen after that three-game sweep up at Natnose Park. Concluded with a three-two victory yesterday, that
0: saw Drew Smiley go six innings, give up four hits, four walks, four strikeouts, but zero zero earned earned runs.
2: Zero earned.
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's give
2: him a nice. Let's give him a hand, folks. Yeah. Um, and and with a lineup that we really did not feel like would be conducive to such an outcome. Well,
0: uh, Adrianza and. Heredia have been pleasant surprises in the lineup this year, and Adrianza and, gets a couple ribbies yesterday.
2: Well, and they were the decisive ribbies. I mean, um, Ozuna gets a double, and then Adrianza gets a two-run single, and it was all in one inning. I think it was. So, um,
0: yeah, it scored all three in, in the fourth.
2: So, yeah, I thought it was interesting. You know, they sat Freddie. Hopefully, give him a day to clear his head a little bit after he's been struggling. He needs to come home.
0: <laughs> Last time he came home, he went off. He went off. You and right. we got thirteen in a we got thirteen in a row. Well, well not thirteen thir- of seventeen. 13 of seventeen in a yeah. At home in the next yeah. It's going to be
2: a a hmm.
0: nice little homestand. Let's hope.
2: Anyway, I, there's only so far that I'm willing to get into that, but. um yeah, suffice it to say, he just, Freddie, Freddie seems to enjoy being home.
0: And, and, and I mean, he's got new twins, and I'm sure that it, it's a struggle when you're out on the road without the twins. I, I mean, I know that when I like, it's it's hard for me to be you know away every day at night, you know, going to ball games <laughs> and stuff. So I get it. Of course, time, I'm talking but- about the kids, <laughs> <the> Twins <laughs> kids. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's like of course, at times it could be a relief to get on the road,
2: <laughs> but apparently it's not for Yeah, Right? Freddy. You're right. You're yeah. right. Well, have so, you seen
0: Chelsea? Yeah. I
2: thought you were talking about the kids. <laughs> well,
0: I, I, I'm just saying both.
2: <laughs> Anyhow, um, yeah. Braves at home, six twenty. You can hear it starting at five oh five on. We need to be one hundred three point seven. We do. We need to
0: – I mean, I know we beat them, what, three out of four? I think so. At home last time. So, we need to – as you see, they're 17 and 15. We're 15 and 16. So, they are two
2: and a half games up on us. And I think that's basically the margin from the top to the bottom of this vaunted NL East.
0: It uh, It is, in fact, a one and a half game. I'm sorry, not two. One and a half games. Well, up. you know. The national Math. the Nationals are two and a half games back in last place. Which is crazy to me. I again the NL East is tough. And it may not seem like it's tough, but it's tough. We've beat up on each other a lot, as evidenced by everybody being five hundred. Yeah. Everybody being within three games of five hundred. Every single team in the in the division is within three games of five hundred, either above or below.
2: It's going to be an yeah. interesting. Are we race? Is that division that good or that that bad? Mediocre. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a good question. Well, I, I mean, if you take either way, you come out with the same result. But
0: <laughs> if you if you look at if you look at the the out of division, uh, it, it doesn't look great. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't look great. I mean, the Diamondbacks and the Blue Jays made us look like yeah we didn't know what we were doing. But that. We also played them in the middle of everybody being hurt. So, I don't know. I We're not going to know what the Braves are capable of until about June 25th.
2: We may not even know then because, you know, if they can just get up above 500 and kind of stay there until Soroka gets back. I think once Soroka goes two or three times – then you really get a feel for where this team is.
0: I thought we were getting him back June 1st, which is why I said June 25th. Because we would see him at least three times in that 25 days. Well,
2: If he gets back by June 1st. Then we'll know yeah. June 25th.
0: Yeah. That, that And that's why I picked that date. Because yeah. I, I think we're going to need to see Soroka two or three times. And we may see Soroka in Nashville.
2: Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that –
0: if Mike Soroka – I don't care what day it is. If Mike Soroka's pitching in Nashville, I'm
2: going to be there. There we go. (laughs) Um, As mentioned in the last segment by Jeff Hamm, the the Sounds do return – well, they have their home opener on May 11th, which is Tuesday, against Memphis. They will play a six-game series against Memphis um, Tuesday through Sunday. They'll be off that Monday, the 17th. And then the Gwinnett Stripers – Come into First Horizon Park for six games starting on that Tuesday the 18th. And ideally, Mike Soroka would go one of those nights. That would make sense. If he's coming back Ooh. around June 1st, then – Come on. Give yeah. me
0: give me three or four innings of Mike Soroka in Nashville, baby.
2: That ought to sell a few tickets.
0: That would sell a few tickets. <laughs> that – man – I'm just—I'm getting excited just thinking about the possibility. Much less if it actually happened. Yeah. Um, why don't you give us this day in Braves history, Mo?
2: This day in Braves history. I Not think too long you're going to go. I think you're going to like this one. Mm. On May seventh, two thousand five, at the age of forty-six years, two hundred fifty-seven days. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Julio Franco God. became the. <laughs> Julio Franco became the second oldest player, allegedly, in big league history to homer, doing so in a 4-1 win over Houston. Jack Quinn, a pitcher, was eight days shy of his 47th birthday when he homered for the Philadelphia A's on June 27, 1930. So what you're saying
0: is Julio Franco is the oldest person to homer in the major leagues because he was at least 49. (laughs) Joe Lewis was 150 years
3: old. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, y'all, I, uh, say what you uh, We know Julio Franco was older than he said, right? Like We're in agreement here that I, he was I, older than he said he I was. I think we
2: are in agreement that he was older than he said he was. We just don't know how much, how much. older.
0: <laughs> well, he was – so uh, Franco was 103 days? 108 100. days. 108 days.
2: He was 100 days younger than – But
0: 108 days away from his 47th birthday. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, So, yeah, it's safe to say that Julio Franco is the oldest person to have homered in a Major League Baseball game.
2: Maybe Um, we should say at the documented age... Of forty six years, that 257 may be the days. best way to go. Because I'm telling you, yeah, <laughs> and he's still
0: hitting dingers. In there this was Caribbean a clip League. that made it. Yeah, there, Where was? How long ago did we it see wasn't that clip long ago,
2: of him hitting in the batting cage?
0: Last last couple, maybe a month or so ago, we saw Julio Franco hitting just line
2: drives, jacks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, in in what a dress shirt and blue jeans and and
0: street shoes, just. Whatever he wants to wear, it doesn't matter. One of the greatest hitters to ever do it. Yeah, yeah. One of the greatest hitters to ever do it. There's no question there. Oh, I had to get into that. I don't know. I don't know why, but I
2: just wanted to,
0: yeah, you do. I wanted to make sure that we were aware that Leo Franco was definitely not 46 years old when he hit that home run. <laughs> wow. I just, I just want y'all to know. Anyway, uh, Braves again, five oh five tonight on one oh three seven. Pre-game coverage first pitch 620 yeah man i really want to beat the phillies all right we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we are going to talk about little little titans little preds little nascar on the next segment coming up stick around on southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid tennessee bone and joint in the lee company studio
2: If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you.
1: to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted.
0: I like the new bump. We should save that one for Tuesday and Wednesday when we get into weird stuff, though. (laughs) That should be our Tuesday and Wednesday, hey, by the way, we're out of sports talk now. (laughs) bump. Oh, man. It's attached to this segment, okay? I like it. I like it. Yeah, with T. Willie. Uh... Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We are live in the Lee Company studio here. We've got Mo Patton, Coach Mike, Andrew Moore, myself, Chris Yao, with you on this beautiful Friday as is the final segment of the week. And we need to talk a little bit about the Tennessee Titans because John Robinson is now starting to hmm, kind of trend in a weird direction here a direction you don't want to be if you are a GM uh, drafting players who have issues. Obviously, we all know about Isaiah Wilson. We don't have to get into that. But now we have a situation where another draft pick is in
2: some legal trouble. Yeah, defensive end Rashad Weaver – what was he, the fourth-round fourth, fourth pick, round pick yeah. out of Pittsburgh was drafted on Saturday after being arrested on Friday on assault charges. Am, am I correct on that, Andrew?
0: That timeline seems pretty uh, – uh, no, drafted by by Saturday and then the news, at least by Monday, that, oh, he's he's in jail. So, it's been arrested. <laughs> Can't <laughs> –
2: Oops. Yeah, um, and I mean, I've, I've had some conversations with some other media folks that are way closer to the Titans than I am, but it just feels like it felt like to me, and they agreed that if properly vetted, that's not a development that should have been a shock. Now, whether, whether what people are saying occurred occurred? It's not the issue. Is not – no, that's not the issue at all. The filter innocence
0: is not the issue here.
2: The issue is that they did not know.
0: At this point, is there a way to give John Robinson some blank tapes and ask him to check out some blitz packages like Jamarcus Russell? (laughs) Because we're hearing that he's vetting these players. But the evidence shows – Otherwise, that right. the the, the right. vetting process is clearly not good enough. You may be doing some something, but you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Not not, not to the extent. Not you for need this to, to happen
2: anything. two years in a row.
0: Exactly. So this is now. This is a, and the incident was on April 18th. The draft.
2: Well after. <laughs> now again. This isn't a guilt innocence thing. this is a the fact that this is something that this kid is involved in one way or the other whether he did it, whether he didn't just the fact that he's in the middle of it and again they didn't know it when they when they drafted him. The criminal's not a good look.
0: The criminal complaint materialized in Pittsburgh's district court on April 30th. On May 1st, he was drafted. That's a problem.
2: And the incident was on April 18th? The alleged incident te- took it place April, on April. April 18th. Alleged. Yes. Thank yes. you. But again, guilt innocence isn't the right. concern. Right. So, just a word to the
3: wise, to all the young people out there. Be where you're supposed to be, and a lot of this stuff doesn't happen. This this was is and I I, mean, and I know we're talking about this being on John Robinson but it's also, you know, overall, you can avoid I, a lot of this. Just you know, being in the right place where you're supposed to be in the right time, especially when you know you're 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 up for consideration yeah, yeah, for a know, huge my, career deal.
2: As a father, I get that. As a former college student, I also get that <laughs> Let me get this right. You get this. particularly when you are about a Rashad weaver yeah. or someone of that stature. Things can happen without you being in the wrong place at the right or at the wrong time. You can yeah. be minding your own business and things can still happen. You know, yeah. You can be doing everything right, and the sled can still fall apart. And so, you know, I again from a guilt innocence standpoint, I don't want to go there because I don't know. Uh, my my concern is not with whether Rashad Weaver assaulted this young lady or not, and that probably doesn't sound right. But my talking point right here is. For the Titans not to have known that this was out there is an issue. Yep. Bad.
3: Period. Bad
2: issue. <laughs> Compounded yep. by the entire Isaiah Wilson situation.
3: Correct. You're supposed to learn from your
2: mistakes. Theoretically. So, going to be interesting to see how this plays out and how the Titans handle it from here. Yep.
0: Rumors, rumors circulating that Pekka Rene may leave the NHL to play for a Finnish hockey team following the Pred season this year, Ooh. and I can't imagine why not. UC Soros is definitely the future of this organization. Well, you know, we said that last year too. Uh, but it, it is becoming more and more clear that UC Soros is the future. Uh, Pekka had a great year. Pekka didn't have a bad year. But you see, you, you, I think they are playing with their future, and they're, they're not going to – I mean, there's no reason to have Pecorine on your bench is what I'm saying. And Pecca don't need to be on a bench anywhere. He needs to be playing because he's good enough to play, as Detroit would love to have him, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so that that's just a rumor. It is what it is.
2: Um, Preds need to win this weekend. They need to win. Um, Well, the good thing about it is, at this point, they control their own destiny as far as that goes. All they got to do is win. That's all they have to do is win. Uh, So, there you
0: go. It is about that time. About seven minutes to the top of the hour. So, let's bring in our friend T-Willie to talk a little NASCAR. As there will not be a race this weekend, as you know. It's Mother's, Mother's Day, Day and Easter. Those are the two days that we don't race. So, um, But we didn't get a chance to talk last week to to, to T. Willie and talk a little bit about uh, Brad Keselowski, who took yeah. home the, the GEICO 500 uh, win. And then Kyle Busch won the Bushy McBush race. <laughs> I, how, was that on purpose? Did they throw this thing? Uh, gosh, I, I sure hope not. <laughs> the Bushy McBush yeah. race,
1: greatest I, race I, ever. I, I know it. just it was just a coincidence, in my view. Uh, Kyle Bush has been running good all year. He's he's been in position to win. Any one of them top guys. It's not a surprise when they win. But people are always going to look at the conspiracy theories. I guess. <laughs>
0: no, I, I I just thought it was uh, interesting yeah. and and. Yeah been waiting on Kyle Busch's first, first win all year, haven't we?
1: Yeah, yes, we have, along with a couple other guys. Denny Hamlin in particular, Chase Elliott. Those are two big names that you expect to have won a race and uh, have not won a race. So, yeah, it was – I mean, he was past due. Any one of those guys could win this week, but I think you're going to have a repeat win this week. Wait,
0: so, so there is a race on Sunday. I thought Mother's Day they didn't race.
1: Oh, No, they're – no, they're in Darlington this weekend.
0: Oh, well, that means it's my favorite race of the year.
1: In fact, they they're racing all three series. Uh, uh, the truck race we will have tonight at 6 o'clock. Uh, huh. Tomorrow, the Xfinity race will be at uh, 1130. And Sunday, the cup. I will be on the air at 1 o'clock with my awesome pre-race show. You need to... <laughs> <listen> to <it>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're not supposed to say that. We're
1: supposed, supposed to, to say, say that. that. Yeah. My wife told me I put off way too much anyway, so i got to quit doing it. Immaculate. But, uh, and I've got some fantastic clips from Ann Klein. She, uh, she got some interviews with four different drivers. It's amazing. And the green flag will drop about, I think it's 2 late. So 7
0: I've got two thirty here, but you're probably closer to right. Oh, I'm sure he is.
1: no, <laughs> no. Yeah, you're right. No, it is I, my my bad. It is uh one thirty PRN's pre or MRN comes on with a pre race and it's an hour long show. So yeah, it'll be about two thirty five, two thirty six, somewhere in that time frame. But we'll carry it one oh one point seven.
2: Terry, I had faith in you. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you get.
1: Coming from a Hall of Famer, that's important.
0: I had faith in you. So here's the here here's the thing about Darlington. The cool thing yep. about Darlington is all of the cars are painted with retro paint schemes. So you'll they, see uh, the old school paint schemes on these new cars with the their numbers and, and and their sponsors as well. So it's you know it they just look like the old cars. Uh, one of my favorites being the Bobby Allison Miller Lite car typically gets a a, a paint scheme.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. The the old famous ones, you know, you, you know, you'll see them painted up like. Like that, like Davy Allison's. They had his uh, painted up last weekend, or no, at Talladega. So yeah, you'll see you some of them you won't recognize because uh, some of them were before we were born.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, not 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 me, but uh, some of some of the young people. But uh, all of but, them yeah, were
2: I, all of them were before Chris was born, probably. probably no.
1: that's true. Yeah. yeah, I think you're Mo. But uh, looking for three great races, like I said, we'll carry it live on the radio. And uh, and you can get all the play by play from MRN. It's going to be a a great weekend, Uh, and you'll see a lot of Darlington Stripes when the race is over.
2: If you ain't rubbing, you ain't racing, right? That's right. That's right.
1: Uh, And my pick for the weekend, Mr. Kyle Larson. He uh, he loves to run up against that wall, and uh, this is the best place because if you're close enough to the wall. You don't have as far to go to hit it, so that's a
2: great idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting approach.
1: Absolutely, if I only got three inches in the wall, it's not going to hurt as much when I go into it. So that's a that's a great idea to do.
0: And Larson will be uh, will be throwing back to his first ever go kart. That's his paint scheme.
1: Oh, that's oh, that's cool. So yeah, he's uh, like I said, uh, now Keselowski. We'll be on the pole. Kevin Harvick right behind next to him, uh, who was not one either this year. So, wow. the guy to watch out for, too, is Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick. That young kid in the eight car, and he loves, and he will be closer to the wall than anybody. He'll be about an inch and a half off the wall. He'll be into the wall. Uh, he does that all the time. and runs that way at Homestead. So, that's the name to remember. So
0: All right. There you hey. have it. Can you give us a get silly with T, Willie, in the next 45 seconds? I got one. You know, my, my friend told me he didn't understand
1: cloning. I said, that makes two of them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there you go. <laughs> All right, we'll be back next Monday morning on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today right here on WKOM and Facebook Live and everywhere else. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. 9 a.m. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone. And join if you missed any part of today's show. Podcast will be available at sm-tnsports.com live from the Lee Company studio. We'll see you next time.